0: everyone to the nerd journey podcast episode number six we're going to be joining you every week to talk it career news and opinions based on our points of view i'm your host john white at VJourneyman on twitter joined by my co-host nick cordy at network nerd underscore hey nick how's it going
1: doing great john i just want to make sure everybody knows we're both vmware systems engineers and our topics are definitely going to have a data center slant but our hope is that the career discussions will be relevant across the disciplines and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple podcasts or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at nerd journey. Ultimately we're just two nerds on a journey, a journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip.
0: Great. That that's really growing on me, Nick, that opening.
1: Yeah, it's still the only thing we had, but I I feel like we're getting it down. Yeah. The iterations continue.
0: Yeah, it's like we're we're pros now, 6 6 times in. That's right. Very much not pros. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to our topics. We are going to do the ins and outs of training. Why, how, what, and when? I know this is something that's near and dear to your heart and probably something that's a a little bit different here at VMware than you've experienced at other places you've been.
1: Oh yeah. Well, see, maybe not everyone knows that I used to be a high school math teacher before I fell into it. So education is definitely near and dear to my heart. And I'm one of those people who really loves to learn new things. And that's what, that's really why I liked it. That's why I like working for VMware now. And you know, when you work at small companies, it's not always a place where you will be encouraged to continuously do training and get better. And maybe maybe it's not on purpose, but it, it seems to be a product of atmosphere, and, and it's even present at larger companies to a certain extent. But, you know, think about why you as a professional might need training. You know, why... Why do you need it, John? Do you need it? I mean, I kind of consider you like the Yoda of career development. So why why would you need to train?
0: Uh, not the Yoda. Like three years ahead of you. <laughs> <That's> like... <laughs> so <laughs> um, Obi-Wan? I don't know. That's like 30 years ahead, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, true, true.
0: Right. No, no. I, I think, you know, especially in IT, um, we're in this environment where – the technology is always moving forward the state of the art is always moving forward the things that are you know the best practices 10 years ago are not the best practices today you know things are always moving forward so if you're standing still you're actually falling behind so you know there's Absolutely. this this need like this requirement really that we constantly move forward and if you actually want to progress you have to move forward faster than the state of the art of the industry is progressing. So really, you know, standing still is is not a uh, is not an option. You you always have to be pushing your skills forward.
1: Right, because businesses continue to want to innovate to make more money, expand into new markets, and if you can get some training and help them do that, then you become far more valuable. But really from a personal standpoint, I feel like most people when they get better at something, it gives them this sense of accomplishment. Don't you feel that way you know i I struggled with this and I wasn't very good at it, and now I'm actually quite skilled in this area and i I feel very good about my progress you know you you've put in time, you've put in work, and through failures and trial and error you've you've learned something new and can apply it to what you're doing
0: absolutely gain skills you gain expertise and and you know measurable expertise right this feels better oh, yeah. than you know the last time i did it the last time i did it it felt you know pretty rough this time i'm doing it and things are going pretty smooth right so um yeah it's you know repetition but pr- but progress and practice too and so i mean i i, just, I don't know i i'm just kind of stuck on this example like i remember you know, so this is a long time ago, obviously, and there's a date in it. So it's obvious. I think the company that I was working for, we were running, uh, Microsoft small business server 2003, um, R2 because we were advanced. Right. And, of course, um, you know, there is a, there's a point in time where I was like, Oh, maybe I should, you know, take a class and get better in this. Um, you know, I chose to, to not right. And, uh, I think it was far enough uh, beyond the release that like becoming an expert at that just didn't seem worth it. But, you know, I can imagine somebody, you know, somewhere was an expert at, at deploying and managing that application, that suite of applications, that whole solution. And if that person, you know, that we outsourced all that, that expertise to didn't progress. And then the next version came out, you know, small business over 2008, you know, whatever capabilities that had, I mean, they would have been left behind. You know, you always have to progress. And I think what you said about, you know, feeling good for doing that training, that that's something that you have to actually, you know, take advantage of and, and maybe talk about that a little bit more when we get to the how. But, you know, you, fin- for example, finish a certification. Well, that might be a, a, a multi-month or multi-half or even multi-year you know process that you reach out and and do that thing if you only can measure yourself by that the final finish line then you know you're maybe not going to feel good between now and then you know especially if it's a year or
1: more away you got to break it down oh absolutely back to your example of the small business server you know, even moving from one version to another can be a bit of a leap in terms of what the interface looks like, the functionality changes. And, you know, if you're moving all of your critical applications to that, your company needs you to know how to use it and know how to manage it. Because when it breaks, who are they going to call? They're going to call you.
0: Absolutely. Right. Or if you're running a a company that is the outsourcing company, then you have to have employees that, that have that. And if you're one of those employees, you have to gain those
1: new skills or else, you know, that, outsourcing company is going to
0: look elsewhere right
1: oh yeah and some of those companies you know they they pride themselves on being top level partners with different vendors and they have to have microsoft certified technicians a certain percentage of the workforce you know vcps that kind of thing so that might be a reason the company wants it and you know john as we're talking about career the presence or perhaps lack thereof of a formalized training plan for employees may be something that one would consider when shopping for a new place to work or delving into something new.
0: Absolutely. When you're at a smaller company, I can imagine, because you know, I've lived through it, there's not really like a formal training program. Um, not necessarily a formal training budget. Yeah, maybe not even a formal IT budget, much much less a training budget for <laughs> for IT personnel inside the company. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, that can be a little bit, uh, frustrating and not the inability to know exactly, you know, what your dollars are. You know, you have to come up with justifications on a one-off basis, um, rather than having like a formalized program. And, and that's just a, you know, smaller businesses run, tend to run leaner. So they don't have, you know, formal structures in place. So, you know, it is what it is. And if, you know, that's one of the things that's frustrating you about the place that you're looking, you know, it can be one of the things that you have to take into account when you, uh, look elsewhere. Um, if that is indeed the best thing for you, right? I know one of the things, I mean, it was, I, I mean, I think I told you at the time, one of the criteria for me shopping around for a new position was, you know, I wanted a place that, that prided itself in training and, uh, you know progressing the skills and you know even as a result of careers of the people who were within the organization.
1: Yeah. And what's really cool is if you look across industries at these companies that are getting audited, some of them are actually getting audited on the presence or lack of presence of training records for employees. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so that could be something you you ask when you're or look at when you're shopping around, are they ISO certified? Are they, you know, certified in a in a different industry that may require those training records? And you could perhaps leverage that to, right, and, help yourself get there.
0: And you know, it's uh, I think for myself, it was just you know something that I asked, you know, honestly and open, openly during um, the initial rounds of. You know, either recruiter talks or, um, you know, the, the in-house recruiters, depending on the organization, you know, I said, well, what's, you know, the organization's attitude towards training is, is there like generally a training budget? You know, is, is that something that's handed down? Is it something that's left up to the individual, you know, and I was looking for a specific answer, (laughs) you know, or family of answers. So, um, you know that it's two sides of this coin, coin, right? When you're an individual contributor, you really have to take into account, you know, whether the organization, you know, places an an importance and an emphasis on training and advancing your skills as an as an individual contributor. And then if you're if you're a manager, then you have to take into account, you know, how happy your employees are going to be if you don't make training resources available to them.
1: So. There you go. I like it. That's, that's good stuff. But how would one prefer to have the training?
0: Yeah. So, you know, there's a couple different ways. I think that I always think about that when you say how, I mean, for me, one of the first things that is really important is for the individual to realize or recognize, you know, how they best learn, whether it's in a formal classroom um, you know, in front of an instructor away from your desk, you know, or whether you can do the same type of uh, classroom learning, just, you know, virtually like streamed over the internet, uh, still with a live instructor, or if, you know, you can still, you know, get the same or similar benefit from a a pre-recorded training session. You know, it, it really is up to the individual to figure out how they best learn, um, even with recorded training, sometimes it's like, hey, yeah, you could just sit at your desk and do it. But if I sit at my desk, I'm going to get interrupted. Okay, well, can I stay home and do it? You know, that's all of, you know, those are the, I guess, things that go into, you know, quote unquote delivery and, and how the individual best learns. Do you do you have a, a preferred way of learning?
1: You know, if I had to nail it down, I would say I'm kind of a read-write learner. You know, when mm-hmm. I was still teaching i i got asked to do some consulting for the company i eventually worked for mm-hmm. on their laser cut times out in the manufacturing plant and i had a a little bit of computer science experience but i decided to do some statistical analysis and wrote this excel program to do it and i bought a book on vba and was able to pick it up you know reading reading through a lot of those pdfs that you sometimes have to read through for the vcps really helped me i mean video training is good hands on time is is actually very good but i i think a lot of the time it's read write that is more my dominant style and then mm-hmm. i end up trying to apply that to the hands on you know sure i've i've learned these three or four concepts let's learn about the nuts and bolts of how to apply them to this technology, to, to do something I, I needed to do.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense.
1: How about, how about yourself?
0: I think that is a definitely a part of what's important to me when I'm learning. And, of course, it always depends on the complexity of the information because there's some things where, listen, I'll just listen to an hour-long, you know, pre-recorded WebEx or something like that, and, you know, sometimes even at, like, 1.2 speed and, and understand everything. Um, but... Other things, it's, you know, it's a little bit more involved and intense. I I think probably for me, for example, when I I was training, took the training, the install, configure, manage training for the VCP, you know, there's the read, write, and apply kind of cycle ahead of the classroom. And then when I actually went into the classroom, I was prepped with the things that I already knew and the things that, you know i thought on you but i was looking to confirm my knowledge and the things that i definitely didn't know that i was you know armed to ask the instructor and like really kind of grill the instructor about so um right it just i think it depends on depends on the the subject and the the complexity and hands on of course you know critically important to be able to try it and break it and start over and try again and break it again in a different new novel way
1: <laughs> right. And so so much of this learning about these technologies is that troubleshooting side, the hands-on time, the exposure to new situations. You know, when I taught math, I especially in calculus, it's algebra on steroids, right? Mm-hmm. And you have all these different applications that kids maybe haven't ever seen before. But as you expose them to more and more types of problems, they begin to be able to take problem-solving methods from different areas that they've seen them in and put them together to solve a massive problem. And I kind of think that when you're learning about a technology and doing that troubleshooting, it works very much the same way. You know, I had a DNS issue over here that caused A, B, C, and D. Oh, man, you know, the this config file got overwritten here and it caused these things, and now they've both happened. What happens now?
0: That's so interesting, the parallel between calculus Um, and yeah, it problems like I think calculus is the first time that you actually have to deal with things that change over time, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, a a line whose uh, height varies over time, uh, you know, uh, an arc and, and rotating it through space and, and it, it's the same thing. You know, there's things that change over time, things that are sequential, things that, you know, have causality and and affect other things in different ways. So that's the first time I've really heard about it, you know, presented that way. That's a really.
1: Yeah. And I mean, if if we need to take a podcast and do some derivatives and stuff like that, some integration, I'm all for it, man. Yeah. We can do it through the lens of career. We'll just put that in the topic list. I, I think it's good.
0: My weakness with calculus, you know, was always that I never actually, um, learned my trigonometric identities so oh john i was weak i was weak i knew sine squared plus cosine squared equals one but that was the only one on you
1: well if you know those by pyth- if you know that pythagorean identity you can get the rest of the pythagoreans at least but yeah great hey, great great different story for a different day hey you know that <laughs> you can just derive the
0: rest and i was
1: like yeah, that's great. right
0: great. great thanks i've heard that for three years now
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm just allowing you to be lazy that's all <laughs> You're welcome. All right.
0: So, how about <laughs> how about um, actually getting the training? Like, you know, most training is not free. You know, the the lowest barrier to entry is is you know free, like through a just regist- registration portal on a website that somebody's you know giving away, or like you know VMware hands-on labs or free training. Um, so, there's <laughs> all those things. And so now, you know, the barrier is actually time, right? The the barrier is always going to be time. But what if the barrier is also money too? Um, Yeah. There's a process to, you know, try to convince your company to actually pay for it, right? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, some I will say it depends on the situation. You know, if you've jumped in there and decided, okay, this is... This is a technology that will really help the company, and here's how I can get training on it. That's one thing, but if you know that the company is invested in using this technology and then you request training on it, that's a little bit different. Mm. You know that might make it easier to get it approved mm-hmm. because it's something the company's signed off on doing, and I actually think that your method of delivery will oftentimes determine the cost you know. Usually, we see the in-person classroom training costing more than, say, the on-demand video training.
0: Yeah, very true.
1: And, you know, it's sometimes, you know, if you're not the guy that has to stand up this new technology, if you're going to sub that out and you just need to know how to manage it, there's no reason you can't pay the consulting firm that stands it up for a couple hours of training time on just how to manage it.
0: Very good point. Very good point. So I think it's that idea of like what it is, you know, you you know the why you want to progress, the how, especially how to get it budgeted and improved. You kind of need, especially if you're deploying a new technology, you kind of need to be discussing that with your boss early on. Hey, if this is the direction that we're going in, can we build into the deployment budget training for us so that we know how to manage it afterwards? Um, Whether that be you know, consultant handoff time, because oftentimes, you know, project plans will be like, Hey, and of course there's an informative handoff, you know, and it's very formal. We're like, well, can we build a buffer into that? Like maybe an extra day just so the person hangs around and says, okay, now that you're doing it, you know, here's how I would do this, or here's how I would do this, you know? Um, that's, you know, one method, but what if it is, you know, actually going to a classroom, um, you know, I would, I would say, you you know, especially in a smaller company, without a dedicated training budget or formalized way of doing that, you kind of need to come up with a justification, right? And we already talked about, I think, you know, aligning with company objectives. So, um, you know, you could maybe justify, you know, the cost of of training, you know, offsetting cost of of support time or, or downtime. Listen, we're going to be this much better at managing the environment, and we should save this many hours of employee time. Or even if it's just now that we know the right things to say to the support people when we have a problem, at least we can, you know, do an intelligent, you know, request for support. Um, all those things can be valuable,
1: right? And it's it's actually part of the speed to market. You know, you don't want to be the company that Buys the technology, maybe even paid for consulting time to get it stood up, but now you know nothing about it, so the company still can't use it, and they're losing money on that. Very true. At the point where your team can't do anything with it.
0: Very very true. Yeah. Did you ever get to do classroom training on your company's dime? uh, I did. Positions. Okay, that's cool. I,
1: I did a couple of times. And it actually was not VMware. It was it was like server, Windows Server, SQL Server, and that was it was good. I mean, it was enjoyable. I liked it, but you know, when, at other times I had to do the the on demand version, or maybe even the what can I get for free <laughs> mantra.
0: Sure, yeah, I definitely, I think I definitely, I don't think I know. I I took the. VM the vSphere ICM class install configure manage class on my own time but there's definitely technologies that my my company wasn't investing in and because we were investing you know tens or 20 you know hundred thousand dollars on a product you know I talked to my boss and said hey you know in order for us to really take advantage of this I kind of need to get trained up on it and you know It was actually a pretty easy conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to buy this thing. We're not going to know how to use it. Okay, well, maybe we should uh,
1: fix that then. (laughs) Yeah, you might want to. (laughs) Right. Well, how do you you decide what you need training on? I mean, we kind of hinted at it, Mm -hmm. but what if we dig a little deeper on that? Yeah. You know, you know me
0: like divided up into three sections, right? So there's um, past, present, and future requirements. Um, you know, training for past requirements uh, usually a recipe for disaster, right? Um, yeah. You know, if you're migrating from an old technology to a new technology, it's you know seems obvious on the on the face of it that you shouldn't train yourself in the old version in the old technology, but that's a mistake that people make all the time, you know, either because they think, ah, for completeness sake, you know, or, or something. And there there are situations where you need it, but, but usually not, right? We're at VMware right now, for example, I think you can still take the vSphere 5 install configure manage class. uh, But
1: why would you? Especially with five five coming end of life yeah. in what September,
0: right? Exactly the very the
1: very last
0: supported version is going to be end of support. I think an end of availability, maybe not end of availability, but definitely end of standard support in the fall. You know, it's not the time to get trained in it. And there might be people, you know, and there's exceptions always, uh, who should get trained in it. For example, a consultant who is uh, an expert or needs to be expert at migrating from one version to another, you know, maybe they should know how to uh, work in both environments. Um, Yeah,
1: I would agree with that. I think that's a good idea.
0: But presumably if you're a consultant working in both, then you already know how to do the old version and you need to get trade on the new one. Um, But maybe, you know, there's maybe there's specific cases where someone, you know, came in and, and made their bones on uh you know, installing uh, vSphere six, and now the, you know there's a mad rush from the um, install base to upgrade and migrate from five point five. So they're getting more five point five specific questions, and they go, "Oh, maybe I need to go back and and you know learn about the differences in that older version." So you know, like I said, always exceptions, but usually you want to f- focus on on present requirements over past requirements. So
1: yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And then, of course, you have future needs, Yeah. right? Yeah. What is, what is the business moving toward? Do you know that there'll be an Office 365 migration in six months? Have we already signed off on it? Is there time for me to train on it before then or be part of the migration?
0: Yeah, that transition from uh, present requirements to future requirements. For example, if you walked into that situation where your company was currently on exchange, you know, but there is an 18-month roadmap to get to migrate to Office 365, you know, maybe a an exchange uh, training wouldn't be as valuable. You know, you know that it's good for at least 18 months, and maybe, you know, you know, in your medium to long-term plan, you don't plan to work for this company. But, you know, I think Office 365 you know, management is a much more portable skill than exchange management. More and more companies are moving off of
1: in-house exchange. Yeah, it seems that way in a lot of cases. Yeah.
0: And then I I think I kind of touched on it, but, you know, there's maybe, like, the future of, like, what it is that, you know, your current employer is doing. But you also have to keep in mind, you know, you're, you have to keep your eyes open for uh, not necessarily working for your current employer, right? And I think that's a mistake that I made, you know, for a long, long time was, you know, having blinders on and just needing, you know, feeling like I wanted to progress in my career exclusively at the small business that I worked at, right? So instead of uh, um, training up and looking around for, you know, different skills or, you know, ideas for different employment. Um, I just kind of st- stayed put. And so, you know, maybe, you know, I think later on in that, <laughs> um, in that journey, that is actually when I started looking at virtualization technology and storage virtualization technology and, you know, training for the position that I wanted, which, you know, maybe would emerge at the, current employer, but maybe it's more likely to be somewhere else. So, um, you know, that was a, that was a big thing for me. And that's actually why I paid for that. ICP, ICP,
1: <laughs> insane clown posse. Yeah,
0: that's why I paid <laughs> to go to an insane clown posse concert. <laughs> no, That's why I paid to go do a vSphere, uh, install configure manage class.
1: Never knew you an ICP fan until today, but Hey, you learn something new every day about your friends. Whoop whoop! Actually, I've,
0: that's right. Is that what they say? Whoop, whoop
1: I I don't know. I'm not a fan. Okay. I couldn't tell you. But you know, on the future job needs train, I will say that a lot of times, just doing something that really interests you is fun. You know, it's kind of refreshing. Maybe, maybe it's not even something you think you would use later. Although I would encourage people to look at it through the lens of what can I train on that would help me now and or later but it it may really just be something that that you've always wanted to know about maybe it's containers what's the big deal with containers and and I just want to learn about them and see what they are and that's kind of something that it allows you to take that time outside of work to to invest it in yourself and and train and learn new things and maybe have a better attitude and and want to train more
0: Yeah, I think you touched on something there, which maybe we kind of glided over, which is, you know, the fact that there's varying depths of training, right? So I think that there's lots of different uh, free webinars that you can take or lunch and learns that you can go to about, you know, various technologies and trends in IT. You know, information technology has a lot of stuff, you know, being thrown at it. And there's, there's a whole... Gartner hype cycle that I think uh, maybe we should uh, link to, you know, new technologies and how they get hyped up. I, I think, you know, in your example, you know, five years ago, if someone said container technology, it would have been a good idea to like, take a look at it. You know, is this, is this interesting? And you can do that in like an hour long video or a 20 minute video on YouTube. You know, there's people put free content that is kind of like that intro level, content all the time and i count that as training i count that as exploring the possibilities that are out there um you know before investing in deeper training right
1: yeah even podcasts where people are talking about how they use this technology you know data knots gotta love data knots they oftentimes go deep on containers and other technologies and how are you using this? And it's cool stuff. You know, it gives you a little overview and like you said, definitely counts as training because knowing about that stuff, even if you don't know it as a, at a high level, you know about it, your company embarks on a project that touches that area. Hey, I heard that this is a really good idea. You instantly become more valuable to your company.
0: Absolutely. And, and you know, people, you know, we both come from smaller company backgrounds, like often the frontline technologists get asked their opinions on things, right? And get, mm-hmm. you know, look, you know, we're, we're asked our advice on stuff. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? You know, the, uh, the the general manager of the company will read CIO magazine and CFO magazine and, you know, any like C-level magazine and get told about, you know, multiple different things that, you know, maybe they should be investing in public cloud, container, serverless. You know, hey, I heard about this. What do you think about it? It it always makes sense for you to have, you know, a, you know, 2 to 3 minute idea about a technology that's, you know, on the horizon and, and what you're keeping your eye out for and what the possible pitfalls might be cuz you you're going to get asked. So,
1: right. You know, and that'll out. be That'll be either right before or right after they say, "Hey, I need to buy a new laptop for the house. What what should I get?"
0: <laughs> I'm thinking about buying a laptop. And by the way, what do you think about surferless? <laughs>
1: <laughs> a serverless laptop. Hmm. <laughs> so maybe all of this could be encompassed in a training plan that you make for yourself. Yeah, maybe it's. Maybe it's more important that you learn a specific technology within the next few months, and then you can focus on some of your other interests a little bit further down the line.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a really good idea. And it could be as simple as, you know, here's five, you know, two things that I've heard about that I don't really know anything about that I want to kind of get intro level information about. And here's three things that I kind of want to take that, you know, not the one on one class, but maybe the 102, 103, 104 class in, and then, you know, after kind of delving into those things, you know, what do I want to, in the next, you know, nine months, get a 200 level class in, and, Mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of what a training plan should look like, in, in my opinion, especially an exploratory one, where you're just, you know, still trying to figure out what it is that you want to kind of focus in on um, you know, a different training plan might be, hey, I want to get, you know, to this end point via, you know, maybe it's a certification, maybe it's, you know, uh, taking a a class that, you know, that has prerequisites and those prerequisites have prerequisites. So the plan is really organizing the pyramid of requirements to get to the, you know, top of where you need to go, top of the pyramid and, and that, uh, example but you know that you know it's just uh putting that into a formal plan you know writing down you know what you want to take when what you're going to do when and then coming back and and checking off that you're actually doing that
1: right i never figured you for a pyramid scheme kind of guy john (laughs) i'm a little disappointed it might actually be good to get an accountability partner you know a friend who can help you stay on track so that you will complete the training and become a jedi by the time you face vader
0: <laughs> yeah that's a really good idea definitely a good idea i um i for example decided that i'm going to uh recertify from my uh vcp my vSphere 6 vcp nice uh, let my vcp 5 uh expire just because when i switched jobs i was like well i don't have time to do this <laughs> and i'm also not hands-on every day anymore so it's not as important to my job but it's something that i wanted to kind of do like go through the class i don't to be honest i still don't know how important that certification is for me it maybe not very but um it still is a structured you know training thing to accomplish with a, uh, you know um a cherry on top of the sunday right the the certification, so um that's something I'm putting into my my current plan,
1: my nine month plan, oh nice, yeah, well, that's interesting, you know you mentioned the tracking the cert sometimes it's hard to fit those things in, so when you are looking to train on something, you have to decide when you're actually gonna do it,
0: yeah, that's a good point, you know start, always start now, right? (laughs) Start now with some kind of planning session, you know, mark off 30 minutes for brainstorming. Uh, I use a technique called mind mapping, Um, you know, go in multiple directions, uh, let your mind wander, you know, figure out what it is that you want. But then, you know, come up with a plan, right? It can be a hazy plan, but then you come back, you know, a couple days later and say, okay, can I firm this up? Can I firm this up? And then start. Right. Put some mm-hmm. put some milestones on there and say, hey, I want to get this done by this time, because if you don't put any milestones on something, guess what?
1: You're never going to do them. <laughs> never going to get. Done. Oh, but I'm I'm really disciplined, John. I'll do it. It's no problem. I don't need deadlines. That's great. I mean, there's, you know, my I'm kidding.
0: Immediate instinct is to make fun of that idea. But those people <laughs> exist in the world right? And for some people, for certain things, they can get that done. But for the vast majority of us, we need a written plan and deadlines to get things done by. And even if we miss those deadlines, you know, it's still something to strive for, right? Sure. How about this issue of like negotiating, you know, company time versus personal time, you know, especially for something that the company's paying for? um that's kind of a big deal right like hey uh can i you know in this example go go out and get my vmware certified professional my vcp uh will you pay for it great yeah absolutely you know we're going to use we're investing a lot more in vmware technology we need somebody it would be great to have somebody who had taken that install configure manage class uh great you know now that you'll pay for it, boss you know can i do it during company time Ooh,
1: that's a little different (laughs) Yeah, we we don't have the coverage to let you be out of the office for a week to take a class. I'm sorry. Right. Or you know what? If you do, you're actually going to be on call. Yeah, oh, great. Even <laughs> better. <laughs> because that's that's really a a problem of the company you work for that they don't that they say they see the value, but they're not shielding you from distractions so that you can actually make the most of the training. So don't really see the value of it
0: right yeah absolutely it's like value is is something that you demonstrate right yeah i see value in your training great how are you demonstrating seeing value in the training well i would say maybe paying for it is part of that not not guarding your time for it is you know something else right that's a mixed message so
1: oh i like that question to ask a manager how are you demonstrating that you see value in this training for me. Man, I'm going to have to write that down. I yeah, like that.
0: That's very uh, confrontational. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like So it's once a once answer.
1: you ask your manager, uh, I want to know the answer, John. Right. You know, usually
0: in my mind it's like uh you know, if I was a manager and somebody asked me that, I'd say, "Oh, yeah, I'm demonstrating the value to you by paying for it." <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. How are, are you demonstrating the importance of this training to your <laughs> personal career? Are you willing to use yeah. personal time? Yeah. You know, if it's for company benefit, then there, there's almost no excuse to require a company to use personal time for training. Right? It's very, very little justification for it. Um, but, you know, there's, you know, do it on company time and do it on protected company time. Sure, you can be here at your desk you know, doing the training, but people are still going to, you know, knock on your cube and ask you, ask for interruptions, you know, can you actually carve it out and be protected? You know, sure. Use conference room three. Nobody's ever in there anyway. Just close the door and say, do not disturb on it. And, you know, we'll treat you as out of the office, right? That's, that's pretty good protection.
1: Yeah. We'll give you half a day once a week or something like that, or maybe, an hour a day, not which is not your lunch hour, but an actual hour out of the normal day. Right, right. Because there is the temptation to do that to just, okay, let's hold up only during lunch and now let me go back to the grind.
0: Oh yeah. Like the idea of like use your lunch hour to do this task. You know, when mm-hmm. you know, if you're an hourly employee, you clock out during lunch. You can't be asked to do company tasks while you're clocked out, right? So it's right. a salaried employee, you know, somehow that's, like, different. Mm, shouldn't be. Shouldn't be required to to work through lunch, like, you know, every day for a month. That's not That's not legit.
1: <laughs> that's actually a really good feature topic we should write down. Should you work through lunch? The pros and cons. Mm,
0: yeah. Really good. I like it. Really good. Cool. I feel like... I don't have anything else to say there. If that's it for that segment, I think that's all the topics that we had.
1: Well, just a reminder that we want people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us. We want to know if we're being helpful and are certainly always looking for interesting questions to ponder. You can tweet us collectively at Nerd Journey, or you can sign up for the John White School of Mentoring. And if you want pricing and delivery options, I am all ears and will be happy to help you with that.
0: John White School of Mentoring is I'm three years ahead of you and here's what I've learned so far
1: <laughs> I'm just a wee peddle on John
0: <laughs> alright well uh, farewell listeners uh, tune in next time as the journey continues I'm John White on Twitter at VJourneyman for Nick Cordy at Network Nerd underscore signing off
1: see you next time